Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music, and it's Nintendo Month. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. We're so excited for the entire month of November as we're focusing on classic Nintendo soundtracks, series, composers, Mm -hmm. just all of it. These are some of our favorite episodes to do, and this has been a tradition that we've been doing for... Gosh, it's probably been like seven years at this point. I think so. And we started this uh, to sort of coincide with the launch of the Wii U. Um, Mm -hmm. And now, you know, we're almost at the end of an entirely different console generation. So it's pretty crazy. This has really been, yeah, a, a tradition on this podcast for a long time. And today's episode is going to be focusing on the recent Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening remake for the Nintendo Switch, which had a fantastic retooled and redesigned soundtrack mm-hmm. by uh, wonderful Nintendo composer Ryo Nagamatsu. Yeah, Nagamatsu, who has become a household name for this podcast, uh, definitely one of the most talented composers currently working at Nintendo, has done some great work in the Zelda series specifically. Uh, and so this is going to be a lot of fun. Starting off Nintendo Month which with a pretty recent spotlight um, this is a very popular game. I will say that it was kind of a bold choice, uh, the direction of the style of the game and the soundtrack. Definitely not an easy, uh, safe choice. I think um, when I first heard the tone and the, st- the sound of this music, it was a little surprising. It wasn't what I what I expected. Sure. Um, but I think Nagamatsu did, did a wonderful job. And, and all of the decisions uh, that were made to, to go for the tone and the style of this game, I think were definitely the right ones, even if uh, it might not be the first thing you expected well i think what i so love about it is the game looks and sounds beautiful but it has such a distinct art style which like everything sort of looks like a porcelain doll in a way it's very cute and i think what they did so but don't you don't you see how that could be a little maybe divisive for some people well but the thing is is i remember when wind waker came out that cell shaded art style was really divisive because people were like there's this new gamecube i remember that and we want to show off the power of it but when you look back obviously i love twilight princess but Wind Waker still it holds looks up. as good mm-hmm. as it ever did, where things that were trying to be photorealistic don't. Um, I don't necessarily know that that was the reasoning behind this, but I think part of it was Link's Awakening was a handheld game, and I think they wanted to maintain the charm of an 8-bit sort of pixel art game in a more beautiful, fully rendered style. And I, I think, think so. what I so love about what they did with Link's Awakening is mechanically, when you're playing the game, it feels like a classic 2D Zelda. In fact, they even went so far as you can only move in uh, eight cardinal directions. Right. So when you move your directional pad, there's not even a fluent animation of Link walking from one side to the other. He mm-hmm. sort of snaps into these directions. Yet the game has these beautiful textures and lighting, and the music. It's an interesting what combination. I so love, the music is really fascinating because there's so much real performance here, mm-hmm. but it's not going for the sort of generic big orchestra sound. It's, it's a much lot of smaller. these cute, yeah, smaller chamber ensemble, uh, a lot of woodwinds and uh, string quartet. Yeah, and I would say uh, quirky and eclectic would be the best way to describe the score. And so this is going to be fun. It's kind of odd because we've never done a spotlight on the original Link's Awakening. And so hopefully people aren't disappointed when they see this in the feed that we're doing this 
this version, um, but we'll be able to talk about the actual original music as well today because we're going to yeah. be hearing some well, of these wonderful compositions. Quite honestly, um, these this is the version that I think I would choose to play. I love the original, but these arrangements are so sensitively done and so respectful to the source material and uh, all the additions, I think, sort of heighten it. One of my favorite things about the score is the way that he uses like electronic uh, instruments. And I don't mean like vibey synths necessarily, but there's lots of music that has these sort of metallic-y, chimey, tiny sound of uh, electronic sounds. And it's like, for instance, something like Mabe Village. It just, it doesn't... It doesn't sound like how you're going to expect, but by the time you get through it, I, I just think it's so absolutely beautiful. So the original Link's Awakening for the Game Boy was composed by Manaka Hamano and Kozue Ishikawa, and Kazumi Tataka was kind of like the, I believe, more of like the sound director. Um, and so, and an interesting tidbit is uh, there are a couple references to some of his themes as well as mm -hmm. one by Soyo Oka, uh, because the game makes references to this character Doctor Wright from SimCity. So they actually use Soyo Oka's yes. uh, Doctor Wright theme from SimCity. We might hear and that they today. Use, <laughs> They use Kazumi Tataka's theme. I played on a show and tell from that um, Japanese only game, The Frog Prince, because right. there's a character uh, in the game that's kind of uh, has these frogs in his house. So this game also actually features melodies from those two classic Nintendo composers as well. Very good point. You guys heard the title screen playing in, which lets you know the tone and the style that you're going to get for this remake soundtrack. Let's move on to the next piece we're going to play. Uh, this is Sword Search from Link's Awakening for the Switch. <laughs> So well done. You guys are listening to Sword Search from the remake Link's Awakening, uh, which was worked on by Ryo Nagamatsu, original composers Manako Hamano and Kozue Ishikawa. So I think one of those two composers probably uh, wrote this theme. This is such a great rendition of this. There's actually a few different renditions of this theme that you get in, the, in this remake. This is probably my favorite version of this melody. 
Yeah, me too. This happens right at the beginning of the game after Link wakes up in his, you know, titular awakening. Yep. Um, but that name has actually kind of a deep meaning if you play through the whole game. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love this melody. It's so interesting um, because if it's you a classic think Zelda of the mainline, if you think of the mainline Zelda series, you have the original game with classic music by Koji Kondo. You have Zelda 2, which was kind of, uh, they sort of abandoned that direction with the rest of the series. So basically you have the original Zelda and Link <laughs> to the Past yeah. for these composers to really draw inspiration from. And what's so delightful about this theme is it kind of culminates so many musical ideas in such a simple piece that are so central to the harmonic and melodic language of Zelda. The yeah, well, that's a good point. It reminds me of Link to the Past music. It also reminds me of the original NES, like Overworld. It's a great combination of... Right. At the time, The Sound of Zelda. Well, and replaying Link's Awakening on the Switch, it just gave me such an appreciation for the work that those composers had to do and kind of how seamlessly their work is kind of married with the musical language of Zelda Link to the Past and yeah. eventually Ocarina of Time. Uh, this game was in development around the time that Ocarina of Time was in development. So mm -hmm. there are subtle nods to things that would come in that game, like uh, the wise owl who gives you advice as you travel throughout the world. So good. Um, well, let's move on to probably my, my favorite melody in the original Link's Awakening, maybe the most beloved melody. So timeless and beautiful. This is Mabe Village. Let's take a listen to this from Link's Awakening. So good. You guys are listening to Mabe Village from Link's Awakening. This is the remake version that was composed and arranged by Ryo Nagamatsu. Um, yeah, this is such an amazing and timeless melody. Um, a very interesting take on this. The first thing you hear is this toy piano uh, doing the melody, and then eventually the strings are backing. And to have strings with toy piano is 
Definitely a unique sound. I don't think I've ever heard it before. I still don't know how I feel about that instrument. I think when the clarinet comes in and the, the flute or the ocarina comes in, I'm, I'm really, really loving it. I don't know how I feel about the toy piano, to be honest. That's so interesting. I, I absolutely love all the quirky instrument choices. I, I, I think I actually prefer it to um, some of the soundtracks uh the nintendo soundtracks maybe in the last 10 years or so that maybe commit to a bigger orchestral sound and then also have virtual instruments where i think link's Mm. awakening does a great job of i feel like every single piece of music sounds great that really definitely really fits the game like the art style of the game is so cute and it's kind of this this interesting style where all the models look like handcrafted and like they're made out of clay or something. Yeah. And so it wouldn't make sense to have big giant kind of instrument having kind of a cutesy sound, especially for the village. I also just like the timbre of that toy piano. The way that this is written with that kind of Alberti bassline, dun 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 dun. It has this cute yeah, sound. My to my it. opinion is. There's, there's a lot of different instruments you could go for for a cute sound, and I'm not saying it needs to be this, like, epic sound, but I, I think maybe, like, a like a chelaster or some other instrument, in my opinion, would have maybe worked a little better because the strings are so beautiful and the woodwinds are so beautiful, and that toy piano, to me, is just a little bit kind of sc- head-scratching uh, for me. Yeah, I mean, I love what he's going for. I, this is one of the this is one of my favorite tracks. I, I, I love this arrangement. I think... It, because it's it captures some of the the charm of listening to a, a the Game Boy soundtrack and yeah. kind of like yeah. what it's like listening That's to definitely true. chip music that it's like it's not part of that amazing sound is the eclectic kind of quirkiness to it and that that kind of glues everything together and what I loved about this track is how it can kind of marry all these different strange elements and you kind of can't do that if it's just completely in a traditional symphonic idiom. Yeah, Celeste might have been an obvious choice, but Toy Piano gives it a little more of its unique character, and it ties it into the feeling of, like, these are almost like toys or little sculptures. Well, yeah, I, I do think that's a good point, um, how he was able to get the eclectic magic of old-school video game music, like chip video game music, with, with modern instruments. Yeah, that's not an easy task. One of the things he does in the score is every once in a while, he will add in kind of chip sounds into the mix which which is uh very fun and delightful too let's move on to the next track we're gonna play inside a house It's so fun getting a Game Boy piece of music that is so traditional and short. It's like a 30-second loop. Um, Hearing this arrangement for 2019 games is really fun and delightful. This is Inside a House, um, which is actually one of my other favorite (laughs) pieces of music from Link's Awakening. I know it's so short and simple, but it was actually very... um, Mabe Village and and this track was actually very important and influential for me. Um, for one of my pieces in uh, Hero of Legend. Yeah, I remember that. 
I, I love this arrangement. Um, and again, it's in the spirit of the things we were just talking about. Uh, if you actually look at the composition to this piece and you think about what's the most appropriate way to arrange it and not think about, oh, Zelda's supposed to be this epic adventure. Because when mm-hmm. you think about Zelda music, it's like you think, okay, we're going to have this big orchestra and harps and strings and trumpets. and But it's like if you look at this piece... It, I guess you could do it with a harp. Maybe that's kind of what it's going for, but it's a little bit on the nose where mm-hmm. what I love about this sort of quirky instrument choice where it's like this what mallet is, percussion, yeah, what is this but with some like digital delay, it has this very quasi-electronic sound to it's it. It's like an electronic marimba or something. It's it's really good. I love it. I, I think this is an amazing sound. This is like the kind of thing that I think I was most impressed with with the soundtrack uh, because it's these unintuitive choices that he makes, but it's... It so perfectly fits the spirit of the game. You yeah. Know, when you enter in a house and it, it, it fills you with this kind of very specific kind of atmosphere that really reminds me of playing a Game Boy game. Yeah. It, it, it replicates that feeling of hearing that sort of square pulse channel with delay. And that's mm. the thing that I love about what Ryo Nagamatsu did is there is that reverence, not just for the original melodic material, but the presentations. It's the same kind of love and care that he gave to his A Link Between Worlds soundtrack, where you can tell not only does he have reverence for Koji Kondo's arrangements and melodies, but also the specific sounds of the Super Nintendo. And I think it's harder to integrate um, some of these 8-bit sounds into the game, but he sort of nails like something like this that's just this one voice melodic composition but with this delay he sort of replicates that delay sound and even the panning well you uh, can tell that nagamatsu had a very clear idea when he started to arrange this piece just very strong and confident idea of how how to execute it and he just like you said he nailed it it's just it's a great translation of of that and and i would say that for me this is one of the cases where this has become kind of the definitive version of of the theme for me Uh, So that's really impressive. Let's move on to the next piece. I'd want to give a little disclaimer that obviously we don't have time to play all the pieces today from Link's Awakening. So if you want to hear the rest, definitely check out the whole score. And play the game. It's uh, really amazing. I mean, what they did to the original Link's Awakening, it it isn't just a faithful remake. It it sort Mm -hmm. of pushes pushes it um and it definitely like to me it reveals that it's it really stands up there with a link to the past i mean it's it's one of the best zeldas and the also has beautiful art design animation music it's yeah it's a really good time well let's move on to uh the next piece we're gonna play which is very quirky and um fairly groovy actually (laughs) this is mysterious forest
I love this. This is kind of reminding me of the sound palette that we were introduced to last week when we played that dungeon theme from Link's Awakening. Um, and I really love it. What's one of my favorite palettes of the game is uh, you have these kind of synth, plucky, at times almost chip-sounding instruments combined with more of a real-world acoustic instrument. Um, and I think it's just a really great mix. It's it's eclectic. Uh, I think it's it's the perfect choice um, for for at least this track and some of the more creepier tracks. Yeah, I, I this is honestly the overall blend of the art style and the music is maybe one of my favorites in the entire Zelda series because it's so bold and it's so consistent. Um, it's and definitely I think- bold. I also, I really love the Skyward Sword art style, that kind of painterly, impressionistic style. Yeah, I beautiful. love Wind Waker. Um, but I do think, I mean, I, I don't want to compare outstanding Zelda soundtracks to one another, but I do think this one has the most marriage between the art style and the music style. Like when I look at these uh-huh. models and I picture some of the quirky choices, like, recorder and ocarina on melodies in these quirky synths chip sounds uh this kind of chamber string sound it really really fits with the art style in this really unique way in my opinion um that makes the whole game feel distinct it feels like like i don't know do you remember playing those kind of older board games something like um what was that fireball island or anything with like a really colorful uh, design and you open it up or even something like mousetrap like these more elaborate designed mm-hmm. uh board games and it kind of like the whole experience has sort of a, a feeling to it that's colored yeah, there's by a vibe the art and a feel and to it all yeah it, 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 that's what link's awakening feels to me it's like a it's a it's a playset. you know the whole world has this unique touch and it it's the sound design it's the music it's the art direction it's the yep. gameplay it's all the little I totally choices agree. and i think it was it's it, it just it works so well in my opinion and it attracts like this it it seemed like it was a very difficult assignment of how do you arrange this very specific game boy track that's referencing the main zelda theme so wonderfully and i really agree and uh, respect the choices that nagamatsu made here where he maintains the chip character this palette that i hear usually on more of the creepier or i guess slightly ambient tracks uh might be my favorite as far as how he was able to take the source material and and translate it in 2019 wonderful job let's move on to the overworld theme which is a wonderful arrangement of the original koji kondo overworld let's take a listen You guys are listening to Overworld from Link's Awakening, and this is so cool because it's such a collaboration through time. 
Uh, yeah, so we <laughs> very, have... Very Zelda. In, in the original overworld from Link's Awakening, they're using Koji Kondo's material from the first game, doing a wonderful arrangement and expansion of that, and then obviously Nagamatsu's referencing that, but also changing things up. You also get real performance uh, with these wonderful string players. Yeah, this is this is absolutely a delight. I, I One of my favorite modern um, performances of yeah. this classic theme. It's one of my favorite favorite uses of the theme in a game. I mean, every single time I was running around the overworld, I just delighted in the presentation. Um, and I love how restrained it is. Just that string quartet sound is so fitting for the yeah, melody. Yeah, one thing that I, that I kind of feel listening to the score is they're actually, it's, it's very cohesive, but there are, when you actually think about it, a, a few different sound palettes that you hear. Uh, that Nagamatsu establishes. I think it's more a common ethic that it's like, let's choose to go smaller. Whenever we can, let's keep it restrained and let's right, go but, for... Right, but in general, like, you have tracks like this that are only real. It's like the small ensemble real acoustic recording is what it feels like. And then you have tracks that are mostly kind of synth, and then you have the the tracks that are that, that quirky combination. Sure. Um, and there to me, there were varying levels of success with those combination uh, tracks, but to me, a track like this, I mean, I can't imagine anyone not not really loving this. It's just such a slam dunk. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing is when you first collect your sword in the game, there's a slightly different version of this overworld that plays that actually features like uh, more um, woodwind presence, like recorders, even like yeah, these kind of like harmonized recorders. Very fun. It kind of sounds like a train. It's very cute. It's very um, childish. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that I love about this Link's Awakening arrangement of of Koji Kondo's melody is harmonically they they add a little bit of that kind of minor or Dorian color that I think of like the Dark World theme from Link to the Past. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they, they, there's a lot of that in this game. Well, it makes the theme have a longer form, and it, it tells more of a story. It's more adventurous and exciting, and I love hearing it in this context because all of the detail of that arrangement is preserved in Nagamatsu's arrangement here, and it just kind of adds more counterpoint in like a classical sort of coat of paint. I'm, I have so much respect for the composers who did Link's Awakening because if you think about it, it's like this music just sounds like classic Zelda, but they really didn't have that many games to draw from uh, and that's yeah. what I think is maybe the most impressive thing to me and you also have to give credit to Kozumi Tataka for being the sound director because so much of the music of the game has sort of his quirk and his kind of specific color so I imagine he had a lot of influence in sort of the direction that a lot of the yeah, music Yeah definitely got to give a lot of props to that arrangement either probably from Hamano or Ishikawa from the original really really good let's move on to Cave Thank you. 
so much atmosphere. You guys are listening to Cave from Link's Awakening. Yeah, I will say that this is very surprising, and I wasn't expecting this, but I think my favorite arrangements from this game are probably these creepier ones, the caves, the dungeons. I just think that Nagamatsu's sound that he achieved, um, I just think is is really captivating and interesting. Yeah. And I think he does I a good job of he... weaving and blending old and new. Well, it's nothing about the music in this game is stock. None of it is like an obvious choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe for that reason, like you said, it could be divisive. I but think it, I it imagine makes the it game. Be. It makes the game to me so much more special that it, there's nothing. There's not that feeling of safe, or it's not like one foot in this and one foot out of it. He's mm-hmm. really committing to doing kind of non-traditional arrangements of it and he really sometimes can elevate the source material because mm-hmm. if you go back to this original piece on the Game Boy especially everything on the Game Boy sort of sounds the same because it's coming through the same instruments and if you yeah. listen to the composition it's definitely going for kind of like that major seventh sound of some of the Link to the Past dungeon themes yeah, like that for sure. light world dungeon um, but what he does with giving atmosphere to those melodies in this game and especially how he has to reuse some of the same melodic material and create different pieces out of it so that every single dungeon have its has its own distinct sound i think he did a lot of really creative stuff here and using that music in a genuine way that's kind of elevating something within it but making sure to characterize the specific environments of this game it's one of the really nice subtle touches he does and it's something that makes the game feel like up to the um modern 2019 standards where you never feel like you're hearing one piece of music too often or in like just the uh, multiple different contexts in a way that it's unnatural it's kind of you feel that um hand of sensitivity yet he's he's not necessarily like creating new melodies or abandoning old music in a haphazard way well i'm excited to move on to this this is a very quirky and there's a lot of silliness and zaniness in this next track this is nightmares boss battle let's take a listen You guys listening to Nightmare's Boss Battle, and yeah, there's actually some combination of older retro sounds mixed with modern sounds. Um, it, it's a very quirky piece of music. Doesn't actually remind me that much. Uh, if you're just taking this as a new experience in a new game, doesn't remind me that much of previous boss themes in the series. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I like about this one. Um, again, it's like. Nagamatsu is very respectful to the original music of the series and he wants to preserve it and kind of make it sound 
um, strong at home and new in 2019. And yeah. Uh, something I really like about the synth choice that he uses on the melody here is it has a vocal quality that reminds yeah. you of some of the the monsters and the bosses that you face. Uh, that kind of like fourths based harmony. Ba -ba 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 -ba. I imagine when that was written, the composers were maybe thinking of, again, emulating Link to the Past. So maybe like harmonized trumpets or trombones or some sort of brass sound. But here it has this like snarly, uh, devious vocal quality. Like it's like some incantation of the demons or monsters. Did you get like uh, more of like an Indian music vibe from that instrument and like the way that it's pitch bended? It kind of has like a, like a traditional Indian sound in a way. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible that that's kind of one of the things that Nagamatsu is going for. I think it really works in the context of the game and mm -hmm. the the bosses and just the the character of all of it. And I also like how he uh, has the chip sounds in there, and they seem to be like harshly EQ'd so that there's like a big high pass filter on them when you hit the bad and yeah, it it kind of feels like it's process through some filter like you're hearing it recorded from another speaker or something I it's really a pretty like wild track well we couldn't have more <laughs> of a change of pace now we're gonna move on to one of my other favorite melodies from the original game very just simple and there's a lot of music in the original Link's Awakening that has a lullaby quality to it and this is another one of those let's take a listen to Richard's Villa adorable you guys are listening to richard's villa and um, this piece of music was originally composed by kazumi tataka and this is a great arrangement that nakamatsu did it's so cute and delightful uh yeah this is this is probably one of my favorite arrangements from the game that's going for this kind of cutesy sound i think that yeah he just he nailed this that, that trumpet yeah it's very interesting it almost it, it has the sound of like coming out of an old radio from like the 30s or something sure well because the, the the character in the game is this prince and you have to sort of explore right. his castle uh to find um certain pieces of i forget what you're looking for for him but he has his house is just filled with these frogs that are hopping all over and i think That's he's a reference this to this japanese game something about the frog prince or whatever yeah i remember um, that that's so weird. <laughs> yeah, but the the game is like this interesting... I think it's meant to be this bridge of a lot of different Nintendo franchises because they have Dr. Wright from SimCity. They have this character Richard. There's references to a lot of Mario characters and um, Kirby. There's even a very Kirby-like enemy in one of the dungeons. Um, and it's interesting, all the little musical references. Uh, it seems like something that could only happen on a handheld, this kind of experiment. But it also fits with the game. There's a dream like quality to everything in Link's Awakening that's meant to feel like you're experiencing echoes of something from the past and maybe that's sort of their justification but it's great that we get to hear Kazumi Tataka melodies and Soya Oka melodies and 
it all fits together. I mean, these composers had such cohesion with their melodic styles. I think it yeah. probably helped again that Kazumi Tataka was sound director, and I don't know um, how much impact he had on the implementation. But this, if you compare the original soundtrack with something like uh, Super Mario Land or Super Mario Land Two, it, it, it's so consistent. It's yeah, like a very sure. similar musical approach, and that's what I love about all the Nintendo Game Boy music. Is like it it it's sort of filtered through a very similar voice, which I love I, it. as a fan, I think is really fun. Well, we're going to keep the change of pace. The extreme change of pace is going. This is uh, we're going to move on to level two bottle grotto. And this is one of the darkest tracks we're probably playing today. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Level 2 Bottle Grotto, um, and I don't want to be a broken record, but it's very surprising. The tracks that I was really looking forward to hearing, some of my favorite melodies, some of them I did like, but some of them um, maybe I didn't like as much as these tracks that I never really paid that much attention to. I just think that these are just brought into a modern age so successfully. Right. I really think that these kind of more dark pieces uh just just feel so good uh for this game and yeah there are some tracks such as if i'm being honest that mabe village i didn't really it didn't fully do it for me which is unfortunate because that's probably my favorite melody in the game um where what i loved is tracks like this i barely even remembered them i don't know how often i listened to these tracks well, on the original it's interesting this this the composition is the same the mm-hmm. the cave theme all of the dungeons it uses that da 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 yeah 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 for sure but nakamatsu sort of turns them into their own separate pieces which i think is really which is so brilliant it gets more mileage i i love this one and we heard this last week uh he combines really what it sounds like is like a pulse chip instrument with more modern sounds Right. Yeah, I love that because that da 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 it I think it's more evoking like the kind of I don't know frantic strings of Link to the Past, but hearing it in an eight bit style also blends it with the original. Yeah, it has one foot in the past and one foot in the present. It's uh just just really good. All right, well, we're gonna keep things a little bit dark and creepy for a little bit longer. Let's move on to the next track we're playing. This is Dream Shrine, Inner Dream. Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Dream Shrine Inner Dream. Um, and yeah, this is in some ways going to be a nice uh, transition point to what we're going to, the themes we're going to move on to next. Yeah, this is uh, pretty imaginative stuff here. Yeah, this track sort of evokes um, one of the central themes in the game uh, called the Ballad of the Wind Fish, mm-hmm. which is this melody that you hear throughout We're the gonna game. We're going to hear that a lot, you guys. Actually, <laughs> you learn to play it on your ocarina. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taught by the character Marin. Um, and what's so fun and about this arrangement, it, yeah. yeah, in the original game, I mean, it's just eight bit sort of squares, but in this game, there's an actual person singing it. So it's, it's really beautiful. Kind of beautiful how they do it. And the, the whole point of the game is you're collecting these different instruments to yeah. do this performance of the Ballad of the Windfish to, uh, wake this sort of sleeping fish who's right. inside of a giant egg on the top of, a you know, mountain. it's just your classic cliche plot that we've yeah, seen. It's just time Hollywood time again. telling the same story. Yeah. And guys. Guys, um, I felt weird about not having a very strong presence of that theme. There's so many different times you hear it. And so in our playlist, there's a total of three tracks that will evoke that theme. So um, it just felt wrong to not to not have that. Honestly, the, I could have had seven or eight because it happens so much. So let's, uh, let's move on to some more. Uh, the first uh, thing we're going to move on to is Link and Marin at the beach. Here we go. puts a smile on my face you guys are listening to link and marn at the beach we're gonna hear this theme a couple more times today um yeah this is just so powerful for me i mean it's such a stark contrast from the most plucky unhuman sound you could ever imagine combined with beautiful woodwind and strings it's it's such a contrast that to me is just so powerful yeah definitely in uh in this new remake it has an added context of linking kind of your nostalgia for the game boy title in uh, yeah. but i actually love how nagamatsu just has that reverence for the chip sounds mm-hmm. and he kind of treats it in this track uh much like a mallet percussion and yeah, even the way when you have the reverb and delay on there it kind of sounds like a, a xylophone with like this mm-hmm. intense transient and then immediate drop off 
uh, yeah. it has that quality to it. But yeah, when the strings come in, it's so beautiful. And the gorgeous oboe solo. I really, this is a melody that's grown on me. It's one that when I originally yeah, played too. the Game Boy title, it felt a little meandering to me. But hearing it in all the context of this arrangement, I really appreciate it. Especially the, the principal section. The yada-da, yada-da, da-da, Yeah, you know... That's so funny, dude. I had the exact same feeling when I used to listen to the soundtrack, but hearing it now, it it felt classic. It felt like, oh yeah. yes, like this is a classic Zelda theme. Sometimes That's a little the thing bit that of time I love about like Link's helps. Awakening is it's not the obvious choice to be remade. It's not the yeah. Ocarina of Time. It's not Link uh-huh. to the Past. It's this little side game, but they put so much love and care into it that it's this is the kind of thing well. that needs to be remade. This is the kind of thing that would Absolutely. have been lost to time had mm-hmm. they not done this, where people are always going to play Ocarina. They're always going to play Link to the Past. I'm so glad they chose this game. And, you know, they can always choose to take this approach to um, another title in the series. But I'm just so glad that Link's Awakening got all of this attention and care put into its remake. Let's move on to Marin and Link duet. This is Marin singing the wonderful Windfish melody, as well as Link playing it on Ocarina. Let's take a listen. so beautiful uh there's a lot of wonderful music as you guys probably know in the score very short pieces of music uh, even shorter than this you know like 15 seconds 20 seconds and some of that uh we weren't able to include today so again if you haven't heard this whole score definitely check it all out this oh god this is one of my favorite musical moments i think in the score yeah me too it's really gorgeous and whoever they got to um sing Marin's part it was just great and it's also so fun hearing real ocarina in a zelda soundtrack yeah you know it's something that's pretty special i actually don't know if we've ever gotten before (laughs) which is fascinating i feel Um, like we must have but it's so um natural but also fresh and and again, that's kind of a feeling that I get from from this whole score. Yeah, that's yeah. really, really good. Really gorgeous. Uh, it's su- such a sweet and tender moment. I also love the kind of left-hand accompaniment. Underneath Marin singing there. It's really pretty. Guys, it's time to move on to this week's Track of the Week. I thought this was a good choice um, because... It's one of the most exciting uh, arrangements and themes from the original, uh, and I think just a wonderful translation of that feels fresh in 2019, feels like classic Zelda. Um, yeah, I think it's it's just a great collaboration through time as well. Let's take a listen to Tall Tall Heights. <laughs> Thank you. 
this is so special and perfect. I mean, almost an amalgamation of everything we've been talking about today. We even heard a windfish quote, um, which is perfect. We're going to again hear that theme again today. But it has so many of the presentation things that I love about this score. There's even that incorporation of that chip instrument in there. Um, and that combined with the wonderful acoustic instruments, the castanet kind of laying down the groove, that marching beat. Right. Um, such a good choice. Very quirky. Um, yeah, it's just I couldn't imagine a better, uh, like, modern presentation of this. There's another yeah, wonderful Tall Tall Heights uh, version that you get to hear also in the game. I was thinking mm-hmm. about maybe doing that instead but i think this is this is maybe a safer choice love love yeah love I, this. I love those castanets it gives it sort of a gerudo valley-ish uh, yeah well sound, it's like which is i think what cool, the original track was almost um sort of in that listening spirit. to this you're you're absolutely right you get some gerudo vibes you definitely get some dark world vibes as far as this piece of music itself and clearly you get some some overworld it's just this great classic zelda amalgamation well what's wonderful about the the overworld melody that kondos composed is uh in the actual game it's sort of in this somewhere in between minor and major because that main progression starts with a major tonic chord but then Mm -hmm. it has the flat seven and flat six which sound like they're in minor but that scalar melodic run is actually in minor it's not um uh, or actually, uh, now I'm I'm kind of like going back on myself. I think it's done in multiple different ways, but the reason why I think it works in such a simple way in both contexts is because the original track is sort of halfway between minor and major because it has a major yeah. tonic chord, but then it frequently features the flat third in like the some of the other chords. It goes to the flat three chord at one point, mm-hmm. um, and so it it's one of those really versatile melodies. It's kind of like the Star Wars theme where sometimes we hear it yada yada da da da, and other times you hear yada sure. yada da da da, depending on if Luke's happy. It is or very sad. versatile. Yeah, <laughs> sad Luke. Yeah, <laughs> sad Luke. Emo Luke. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, now let's move on to um, a great version of Mabe Village, the melody of Mabe Village. And again, this is actually faithful from the original. Um, uh, Yeah, this is Ghost House from Link's Awakening. Let's check it out. Truly makes my heart smile. I adore this arrangement. This is Ghost House from Link's Awakening, arranged by Nagamatsu. Music originally composed by Hamano Ishikawa. Um, yeah, I really wanted to include this just because 
I, I said before that I had some mixed feelings about the the Mabe Village arrangement. I know Will, you're a really big fan of it. So for me, it was it was important to include this. I know it's basically the same melody, um, but it's it's such a strong melody. I think it it's it doesn't hurt to hear it again today. Well, I also love I really love how Nagamatsu has arranged both versions of this, and harmonically, the way he supports it is very old fashioned. Mm. Um, he adds these sort of like half diminished like two minor seven flat five tasty, chords man. that sound ripped out of like the wizard of oz or something you know just the way it's voiced yeah. in the strings and it's so rich it has like a 1930s uh harmonic sound to it this is, is such so a beautiful arrangement yeah. yeah again a great example of how he was able to be faithful to these original pieces of music um but also add just enough of his own kind of skill and flair uh, to the mix and yeah, track like definitely. this is an absolute success. Yeah, it's also interesting. That's something that I really remarked um, when playing the game is uh, what moments in the game were chosen to be given these like special little touches. And um, this is an area like it's just someone's abandoned house, and eventually you have to sort of find this ghost and complete some tasks so that their soul can be at peace. But it's like an yeah. ancillary thing. It's not it doesn't feel like it's part of the main journey. It's like a side quest kind of feel to it. Um, but the fact that you go in this house and there's this beautiful arrangement there, it's one of my favorite things about a uh, game series like Zelda is that you have all of these moments that maybe feel um, less essential to the main story, but uh, the music and the writing and everything can kind of support it. It makes it feel like you're inside of a movie, you know, like you're, you're playing out the beats of this story and that it can kind of yeah. be accompanied in a sensitive way it's it's something that I think it can be really fun in not just the Zelda series but in lots of kind of RPG esque games where you have side quests and things when uh, composers and designers can kind of like try to make those moments feel special and not just ancillary I think that's yeah. kind of important absolutely well now we're going to move on to a melody um that was actually originally composed by soyo oka and will uh mentioned this before uh, a couple different versions that you hear in the game the version that we're going to play i think was the second time you heard uh this melody it, and this is called christine's house let's take a listen to this from link's awakening I really enjoyed this arrangement. The first time you hear this, obviously, Mr. Wright's house, um, which is also great. Uh, this one, I think, just had a little bit more mileage because, it, you know, it's such a short piece of music. Um, this one, at least they went up the octave. And so there was a little bit maybe more, I thought, to, to listen for and, and talk about. Um, but it's such a great, great melody. Um, and it's so strong that even though it's like, what, four seconds or five seconds, um, like the form itself... It's so good that you, you're not going to get sick of it anytime soon. Well, it's forever unresolved. It never goes... Yeah. It never resolves back endless. to the tonic. It always has that like minor, you know, 
two five one kind of thing. How, how wonderful is it in an episode like this to get a Soyo Oka melody? It's just like oh, it always she it always makes me smile. Her melodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun also just getting all of the, it's like all the B Nintendo composers worked <laughs> on this game. I don't yeah. mean like B in terms of their quality, but like the people that did side projects. Well, it's like yeah. Monaco Hamano, who's known for being the other Super Metroid composer. She's <laughs> the lead. And then it's like you get Kazumi Tataka, who's like the B Mario composer. And Soya Oka, yeah. who like, you know, it, it's just mm-hmm. fun getting all of these voices together in one project because yeah. they should form a super group. I mean, th- all three of them, their their melodic powers and, are... And Will, wouldn't you even say Nagamatsu is kind of the modern equivalent of that? Definitely, yeah. Zelda he's series, like the new yeah. Soyooka or something. That's so funny. All right, guys. Let's move on to level six, Face Shrine. Haunting, tragic, beautiful. This is level six, Face Shrine. You guys are listening to music by Ryo Nagamatsu, originally composed by Mnako Homano and Kazue Ishikawa from Link's Awakening, and also contributions, as we heard, from Tataka and Soyooka. Yeah, again, it never ceases to affect me when I hear modern instruments and then all of a sudden you hear this incorporation of, you know, classic 8-bit NES or Game Boy sounds, and yes, there's a, there is a sense of nostalgia that you get from that, especially if you played games in that era, and that's clearly a factor, but really I think there's something about the sound and the timbre of those kinds of instruments, especially when they have delay on them, that it just really works for this emotion. Sure. One of my favorite uh, Monaco Hamano um, led soundtracks is the Game Boy Advance Metroid Fusion. And yeah. this is a composition that really reminds me of something from Metroid Fusion. That's a great Carl, point. You know I the sort of underwater area yeah, late I in the game? Yeah, I love that area. And this kind of reminds me of that. One of my favorite themes from that game. I think it's probably just the mixture of that like PSG-esque uh, 8-bit yeah. synth mixed with strings and just kind mm-hmm. of the harmonic style here. Um, this might be a hot take, but I would say I think Monaco Hamano might be the most underrated Nintendo composer. Yeah, I agree. She's kind of like, I, I don't know, I don't ever hear anybody talking about her, but, but they I think should. she's as good as uh, Kenji Yamamoto for just looking yep. at the M- Metroid series. And the fact that she's also been like the lead composer on one of the best Zelda soundtracks 
uh, yeah, she's absolutely incredible. I hope that in the new Prime game, both of them are kind of composing a lot of music. Me too. Let's move on to the actual definitive version of this melody that we've been hearing a lot today. This is Ballad of the Windfish. So beautiful. You guys just listened to Ballad of the Windfish. I wish that maybe he would have expanded even more on this. Um, it's so short and sweet. It really leaves you wanting more. Um, yeah, 57 second track there. Amazing. Yeah, definitely. It, it gives me a whole new appreciation for the melody. Um, I know there are some like wandering components to the B section that are yeah. kind of noty and maybe unexpected. Um, I do think yeah. they add a lot of color um, in when it's played by itself without harmonic support, which is often how you would hear it in the Game Boy version. Right. It does feel very evocative and it implies some of these more borrowed like Zelda-ish chords. Um, and I do think, yeah, it's like maybe trying to get into the, that spirit of like something like the Lost Woods theme from Link to the Past or some of Koji Kondo's like counterintuitive uh, intervallic leaps. But yeah, it definitely is a part. Yeah, da, 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 that, like, That's the only part that, that I don't, that I don't like of the melody. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of it is just absolutely beautiful. And this arrangement, oh man, it's just, it's so emotional. If you are... Grew up uh, a fan of this game, and I know this was a very pivotal nostalgia game for a lot of people. This just must have been so emotional to, to hear this now. Uh, let's move on. We're almost done today, guys. Let's move on to The Shadow Nightmares. <laughs> You guys are listening to The Shadow Nightmares as we're getting close to wrapping up week one of Nintendo Month. 
Man, I love this Link's Awakening remake. I just think Nagamatsu did an outstanding job with the music. I, I, I just, I, I was so delighted by the whole experience of this game. It just made me so happy. And it was also nice, I think, after Breath of the Wild, which was probably the most distinctly modern Zelda, going mm-hmm. in a lot of different directions and having a different approach for the music and the whole game, to see such love and reverence for such a quaint, old, you know, top-down 2D Zelda, to show that Nintendo still has love for this style. And mm-hmm. I think what I'm excited about in future entries, especially, like, from the little that I've seen of, like, the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, is I kind of think, you know, if you think about, like, when Mario 64 came out, it's so com- it's a great game, but completely different than the Mario's that came before. But as the decades mm. went on, they sort of figured out how to integrate some of the elements from 2D Mario into 3D Mario. Absolutely, and I think that kind of thing will happen with Zelda now that maybe they're that seeking more of this open world approach. I think they'll slowly be able to incorporate more of the traditional storytelling, some mm-hmm. of the more traditional like. Um, you know, puzzle design elements and uh, what I'm hoping for music and like the incremental uh, upgrading your weapons kind of a thing. Cause right. uh, wh- that was one of the things I think I missed in breath of the wild that since you can get all the items just at any point in the game that you collect mm-hmm. them, I sort of missed that. Ooh, now I got the hook shot and Ooh, now I got, you know, the bow and arrow. And I, I kind of like that. Um, you get sort of stronger and more badass as you go throughout the game. Absolutely. Well, guys, we're going to um, kind of say some of our closing remarks here. We're going to play just a little bit of our last track of the day, the staff credits, give just a couple thoughts, and then fade it back up for you guys to send you on your way. Um, this is an interesting track. One of the things that Nagamatsu did to add a little bit of that quirky com- combination of old and new is is you guys are going to hear uh, as as kind of the percussive instrument on this is like a 8-bit noise channel sound. Um, but then you're also going to hear orchestral instruments supporting it. So again, the first time I've probably ever heard that. Uh, it's a great piece of music. Overall, I think uh, yeah, Nagamatsu did a great job. And, and all of the people at Nintendo with this remake, a really bold, not a safe choice at all. And I really respect them um, for, for going for such a clear style. Um, me and Joe have not yet been able to to play this game, but I really look forward to what we'll probably be getting it soon. You got to um, do it, it a go. It's great. Um, so yeah, Will, anything else you got at the end here before we take a little bit of a listen to staff credits? Oh, uh yeah, I guess uh, nothing really, but um, we're recording this episode today on Halloween. Um, and since <laughs> yeah. it's Nintendo month, I feel like we should give a little plug to Luigi's Mansion 3, which if yes. you're kind of like still in a kick for like a Halloween mood and you want a new Nintendo game, uh, play Luigi's Mansion 3 because it looks awesome. I can't wait to get my hands on that game. I think we'll be getting that as well. We are actually deciding, should we get that first? <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, we'll Did see you ever play? Uh, Dark Moon on the 3DS. No, I never one did. One of the best 3DS games. It's honestly, it's one of my favorite adventure games. Great it's a soundtrack. lot like a LucasArts kind of style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait to play this new one. Let's take a little bit of a listen to staff credits here.
what a perfect last piece of music for the day, hearing some of the themes that we've been enjoying over this past hour. What a great piece of music. What a great soundtrack. Great uh, reimagining in 2019. I'm so excited for the rest of Nintendo Month. Me too. Uh, as always, I think we have some really fun episodes in store. Uh, Nintendo's, you know, they're kind of the blood that I think keeps our ship running uh so many of their consoles and games and composers have been the inspiration for us doing this podcast so we kind of like to make our yearly ritual sacrifice and (laughs) offering to the big n if you will yeah and Um, so we look forward to continuing that celebration the rest of this and it's fun that we get to keep sharing new nintendo soundtracks yeah isn't that great yeah so thanks so much guys for joining us today joining us for this month it's going to be a good time i think that's about it will should we see our goodbyes Let's do it, man. Peace out, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great week.